The Jazz get screwed by the refs at the end of the game. Let's talk about it. It's the Hoops Nerd Show. All right, guys, before we get into this, let's give a shout out to Price Picks, who sponsors the show. Make sure to go to Price Picks, use promo code HoopsNerd. They will match up to $100. You put down five bucks, they will give you five bucks. It's free money. And you, all you have to do is use the promo code HoopsNerd. It will support the channel. I would appreciate it, guys. Go to Price Picks, use it today. It's a lot of fun. If you went on the over on Lowry and KD today, you would have hit. That was obvious tonight with the show that they put on. But, anyways. Go use promo code HoopsNerd at PricePix. I would appreciate it. All right, guys. The ending to this game was ridiculous. Let's just talk about it before we get into the show. Honestly, just a joke that the NBA refs can call a foul like that and then go and take, like, honestly 10 minutes to discuss the foul call. If it takes you that long to decide if something was a foul call or not, and if you all of you disagree, because obviously that's what's going on in the – in the huddle is that one or two of these refs did not agree and that they could not to come to a conclusion. And so I guess the head head official Zach Zarba, who is a moron decided what was going to happen because he's the one who went after the game to the press and talked about it, but just brutal. If it's not clear, if it takes you more than three minutes to decide if something was a foul, then it's probably not something you should overturn. And we could talk about multiple reasons why that was the foul. If they didn't call the foul, then I think people would probably be fine with it. Because, you know, there were some things that are just like a little touchy. But when you call the foul and you decide to overturn it, it better be completely obvious there was no foul. But there were multiple things besides the fact that Katie got his hand on 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 Larry Markkinen's wrist. Yes, if... If you believe that because he touched the ball, then him touching his wrist doesn't matter, then fine. But he had his hand on his hip the whole time. And then go watch the replay. There is no landing zone for Larry Markkinen. KD literally lands out of bounds. And there was no spot for Markkinen to land. So there were multiple different things, multiple things going on that made that a foul. Ridiculous by the NBA officials. Monty McCutcheon needs to retire. He just done a bad job. It has been an era of terrible officiating in this NBA. And whether you're a whatever fan of whatever team you're on, it has been an absolutely horrible season for NBA officiating. And Monty McCutcheon needs to retire. He's done a bad job. That I mean, we could talk about foul calls this whole game. I don't want this show to be about NBA officials. It seems like my Twitter account half the time is just how stupid NBA refs are. They're unintelligent. They're bad at their jobs. They're poorly trained. They don't know what they're doing. They don't seem to understand what's a foul and what isn't. It's basically like whatever goes and whatever they decide, and they always default to the star players. So who knows what a foul is? Who who knows what's not? It depends on who the ref is. It depends on who the player is. There's no uniformity to any sort of officiating in this league. So I guess you just have to uh, understand that the NBA officials are bad at what they do. They don't know what they're doing. They, they are unintelligent. They're stupid. They go into this and they somehow get lucky, probably picked because they get to do, because they want them to do things a certain way. That's likely what gets you the job because guess what? They get paid way more than you think. And we're talking about close to half a million a year. It's way too much. 
Next time there's a some sort of contract negotiation, they need to let them all go. Literally every single one. Let Monty McCutcheon go. Let every single official know. Hire a complete new clean slate. Go get international guys because I bet you they're not making what the NBA refs are making. And just fix this thing because it's ridiculous. And by the way, why do NBA officials make the, the call at the table? They are emotionally invested in a game, especially by the end of this one. They are making calls like makeup calls. They are doing things that, you know, they have all the emotion of the game on them, having talked to players all game long, coaches yelling at them, players uh, having a history of the game, make, doing certain things. So they've got all this different influence and bias having accumulated throughout the whole game, not to mention their own. And then we allow them to make the decision at the scorer's table? Why is this not given to an impartial person in New York? Why? Why is it at the referee's table? Why are they making the decision? That's probably the stupidest thing of all to me, is that we give them the chance to make the decision at the table, knowing how many of these refs are emotionally unstable absolutely ridiculous so many of them make so many dumb i mean how many technicals have we gotten this season from nba officials on like dunks and taunting and all these different things that are so stupid but when you've got a play like this they can't get it right it's a joke so there's the little intro on nba officials they're a joke they do a bad job i can't believe they allow them to do the scorers table review it should go to new york and it needs to be completely conclusive to overturn a call has to be and Utah got uh, I no more ref stuff I hate them I hate everything about NBA officials they're just really terrible uh and so absolutely just a ridiculous <laughs> just ridiculous so that's it for refs let's talk about the game all right so this game was absolutely the Larry Markinen and Kevin Durant show and Kevin Durant and Larry Markinen went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Durant uh, Durant, 39 points, 8 rebounds, 10 assists, just a monster night. He is just unbelievable. He makes that 3 over Keontae George at the end. By the way, it was interesting. This Jazz team should have won this game for multiple reasons. One of the reasons they lost was, one, Larry Markinen, as great as he was tonight, missed three free throws. Brutal. Just brutal. And these were they could have won this game in the first... They didn't have to go to overtime had these gone down. So just tough. So missed free throws. Jordan Clarkson missed two. Keontae George misses one. Uh, just really tough. But those right there, for him to be such a good free throw shooter and then miss those was just tough. Uh, but the thing that really cost them in that first half is the Suns ran the same play over and over again. And it's the luxury they have having Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. They ran a two-man game at the top and they were switching to get Keontae George on Kevin Durant. And Utah got better and better at guarding it, but it took a couple times. But there were a few times when they had the rotation come over. It was not quick enough. John Collins has to be faster on his rotations. He has to. And he has to rebound some of those balls. I mean, it was a tough night for John Collins tonight. I'm curious what the numbers are. He hit a big three in OT to keep the game going, so that was nice. But 5 for 14 from the field. And that one missed dunk where he got the ball from Keontae on just a beautiful pass inside, and he's it's just a bunny. He literally just has to lay it in, and he misses the shot. Uh, tough night for John Collins from the field. Considering he made 3 of 5 from 3, that means he was 2 for 9 from the field. Brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. He did have 12 rebounds, though. But, man, they needed that 13th. Uh, on that last play and they just didn't so just really tough for this jazz team 
Uh, some of those rotations just have to be better, and John Collins has to be better on those rotations. Just tough. <clears throat> so I mentioned the one thing from Larry Markkinen that wasn't great. I guess there's one other thing. We, we've we got to see more than zero assists from Larry Markkinen. He had one attempt, I was trying to pay attention to it, where the, it was an open three that was missed. But this is really a differentiator in what makes a superstar from an all-star. Zero assists compared to KD had 10. You know, and maybe this is the next evolution for Lowry. Never say never that he can't develop that, but it would be nice if he could. Because if you can kind of get that ball to continue to roll, and considering how much attention Lowry Markinen gets, it would be nice if he was able to find like different guys, if his vision was there to get a few easy buckets, you know. Either way, I would you can't say much other than Lowry Markinen was amazing, although considering how well he did 38 points the three ball wasn't falling for him tonight two for ten from three if markinen hits his averages the jazz win this pretty you know they win this game and so it's just tough a few missed free throws some missed threes and he still was awesome tonight so the jazz needed someone else to step up and it really just didn't happen with anyone uh despite although i will say ochai abaji defensively stepped up in a massive way tonight he has become so vital for this jazz team and just I mean, I don't know how you keep him off the floor because when Walker Kessler comes out, I just think what he brings you defensively is so important and so big. And you'll look at the plus minus and and some pleb will say something about that. But minus 14 is because he was guarding Devin Booker and Kevin Durant all night. Fantastic stuff. There's also a reason he plays 34 minutes. Um and just to give you an idea of how good he was defensively, he was awesome on Devin Booker tonight, who goes 8 for 21. 8 for 21. And who was guarding him? Ochai Baji. That is about as good a sign from this game as you'll get of, as anything. Ochai Baji has gotten a little more comfortable offensively, but he has absolutely turned a corner defensively. Doing this against KD and Booker was awesome. And so maybe the three is his natural spot. I don't know. I don't know if you can move him to like the two and if he can do this against some of those quick guards that he might be going up against. But I tell you what, Keontae George is pretty good against some of the quicker guards. Really tough for him to guard Kevin Durant, although that's hard for anyone. Uh, but just overall, you got to be impressed with what Ochai Abaji is doing defensively. Just fantastic. We mentioned John Collins. He plays 43 minutes tonight, and he does do so many different things. I mean, the three-point shot was awesome. 12 rebounds. We needed more, to be honest. And so, you know, and playing 43 minutes in OT, it, ah, it's just tough to see this at 12 when, you know, honestly, you probably needed 14, 15 because the Jazz gave up so many offensive rebounds in this game. In fact, let's just look at it. Offensive rebounds, the Jazz had, let's see, 27 total rebounds, 75. Uh I guess it's not as bad as you think. Uh, offensive rebounds, 11. So maybe it wasn't as bad as you think. Maybe that's just the eye test being a liar. But look at how many offensive rebounds the Jazz got. 27. That's actually wild considering the the Suns got 11. If this doesn't tell you what, are the, what one of the emphasis for this Jazz team is, is offensive rebounding. I don't know what tells you. But the Jazz out-rebounded the Suns 75-54 to and lost this game in a close one. That's how they kept this game close, to be honest. Uh, they just had a few just tough possessions at the end of the game where the ball just kind of went to the Suns, and that stinks. 84% uh, from the free throw line for the Suns, 81 for the Jazz, and honestly, the kind of the difference. Uh, besides the fact that they didn't get to shoot three more free throws from Larry Markkinen. 
I probably would have preferred Markinen to miss a free throw because that's almost more acceptable than to lose by a referee decision. Are you kidding me? Uh, tough. All right, one of the things that has been struggling for this Jazz team has been the turnovers. And Keontae had a bad turnover tonight, although a couple of these were... It was just a tough night for Keontae George. Let's just be honest. Two for 12 from the field, although he was not getting foul calls tonight, I swear. I mean, he had two or three drives to the rim that he just didn't get it. Where, honestly, if it's Devin Booker going to the basket, he's getting those foul calls. Absolutely. Booker just gets... I mean, he honestly gets a lot. And so anyways, that was tough, but he's a rookie. He's not going to get that whistle, especially with corrupt NBA officials. Um, but he goes 0 for 5 from 3. The shot was not falling for Keontae. And some of this is going to be because he's playing his first games in NBA, uh, the NBA game for the first time. It's 82 games. You're on the road. You're playing against Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. You're defending. You have to defend hard every possession. And so he's going to have to learn to stay kind of like in peak condition. And so it's just going to be a conditioning thing with him a little bit, just getting his legs. He'll figure it out. We know he can score. He's not going to go 0 for 5 from 3 every single game. But where he might be having to learn and where the development is going to be is that pull-up 3. When that falls, then it's just lights out for this kid, who is just awesome. But like we said, tonight is tough. Led the team in turnovers, 2 for 12 from the field, 0 for 5 from 3. Still manages 11 assists. That's the, that's the thing that's so exciting is the 11 assists should have been 12. If John Collins makes that bunny at the rim, honestly, the Jets should have won this game. Uh, so anyways, this is a learning experience for, uh, Keontae, but five turnovers for him. The Jazz had 18 as a team, although that's in overtime. So it's not the worst 17 for the Suns. So honestly, I, you know, 18 is a lot, but when the best team in the league is averaging like 13 a game, I'll, you'll take it, uh, in, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, let's see. Jordan Clarkson has had four games before tonight where he was absolutely fantastic. Tonight, it was not the case. Uh, eight for 23, eight for 23 from the field, one for six from three. He has seven rebounds and five assists in this one, 22 points, but he, you know, plus minus, I don't know. You're going up against Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and you get uh, plus 12 from Sexton against bench units. And so that's part of what's so tough. I mean, that's why the Suns team is really good is because they have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And it's going to be tough to beat them uh, if you don't have an absolute superstar. But anyways, Jordan Clarkson, you know, it's interesting. Some people would might argue, like, why was he in at the end of the game? And I think it's a fair argument. Um, when you have chemistry between two players, and this is something that uh, Will Hardy has mentioned, I think it's because there's chemistry there between those two. They know how to set each other up. Keontae George knows what to do when Jordan Clarkson's on the floor. Uh, Jordan Clarkson knows what to do when Keontae George is on the floor. And honestly, the ball flows better. It just does. I, I, I tweeted this out. I think I need to make a video about this. But the Jazz, since Keontae George has started, have had the number five offense in the NBA. They have the number five offense with that duo. And so if you're trying to score the ball and you have the number five offense in the league, you're probably going to go with the unit that gets you those points. And so that's probably why they did it. And I, you know what? Some guys are just going to have games where you just need them to play through it. And eventually they hit shots. And we've seen Jordan Clarkson do that. But anyways, eight for 23 from, from the field tonight for Jordan Clarkson, 22 points. One thing I, speaking of this duo, I want to see when Walker Kessler comes back, I think I'd like to see Jordan Clarkson play shooting, play six man role and have uh, Ochai Baji go to the shooting guard and just see what that looks like. Because I think that that defense can get better. Because one thing 
we know for sure this Jazz team defense right now, sitting at 28 before tonight, needs to get better. And so you've got to find a way to get better defensively. You just have to. And obviously, Walker Kessler is going to help. He's going to get even more of those rebounds. Uh, I don't know when he's going to be back, but hopefully soon. Hopefully. Uh, but I would like to see Ochai Baji at the shooting guard, Larry Markin at the three, and then John Collins and Kessler at the four and five. Problem is, Markinen is not a pla uh, not a great passer. He just isn't. And you've got John Collins as well, zero assists. And so you're going to be relying a little bit on Ochai with the ball in his hands a little bit, at least to just get the ball moving within the offense. And so, I don't know, that's part of it too. That's why Ochai Abaji is just such an interesting part of this team because his defense is finally the Jazz have a good perimeter defender. And, you know, that's it's just going to be interesting to see what they do because there's so many cooks in this kitchen and so many players that need to be better playmakers. It's why the Jazz do rely on Kelly Olynyk because he moves the ball from the big spot. But you know what? You've got Larry Markinen. You can't not play Larry Markinen. And John Collins has been really good. He's been really solid. I mean, shooting tonight, you he's just playing out of position. Having him at center, I just think you're asking a little too much of him. But I think with his rim protection, you're seeing some opportunities for this Jazz team to be, you know, pretty darn good defensively if they have Ochai Apaji on the floor at the shooting guard with Keontae George at the point. But what it really is going to take for this Jazz team is Keontae George has to just take those reins and not be so afraid. And I think the Jazz want him to do that. And so, you know, We'll see what happens. What likely happens is Ochai Baji goes to the bench and Walker Kessler will start. We'll see. Or maybe they play Walker Kessler off the bench. I even saw someone mentioning that, that I think Andy Larson talked about that, that the Jazz coaching staff has people that wonder if they should keep the starting unit the same. I think they cannot because this defensive rating is bad. And the Jazz, you know, you're going to win with a good offense. But if your defensive rating is this bad, you're not going to win a ton of games. You're just not. You have to be at least a top 15 defense. That should be the goal. You need to be at least, I mean, at least top 20. Could the Jazz get to top 20 by the end of the year? I don't know. I mean, they have been playing really good teams. The Jazz schedule up until today has been brutal. You know, the vast majority of their games have been against like championship and, you know, Western Conference caliber teams, uh, Western Conference finals caliber teams. And so it's tough to have a great defensive rating when you're playing Kevin Durant and Devin Booker every single night, literally. But you do need to find a way to improve on the margins. And so we'll see. A lot is riding on this young rookie point guard, guys. Absolutely a ton. He is the best he is the table setter for this entire team because there is just no one else on this team that runs the offense like he does. There just isn't. It's crazy. He is that good. He is that special. And so, you know, it's a lot riding on him. And he's going to have nights like tonight where he just doesn't shoot the ball well and has five turnovers, you know. So it's tough. It was nice to see him have such a big-time game on ESPN the other night. So, uh Anyways, Jordan Clarkson, he'll have good nights and he'll have bad. There's always, it's just, you know, it is what it is. The other thing with uh, Ochai Bajian for Jordan Clarkson when Kessler comes back is just the defense. And we've already mentioned that. But if you have Ochai Baji defending, Larry Markinen actually defends pretty well. John Collins is pretty solid. This Jazz team has a chance to be good defensively. You know, they really do. But with this kind of, with John Collins at center, with Jordan Clarkson at, you know, the guard, Guarding guys like Devin Booker, it's just not great. And so 
Uh, Kelly Olynyk had a tough night. Six fouls, he fouls out. He did have five assists and five rebounds. Like we mentioned, his his passing is a big deal because of how much the Jazz just don't have any passers. Like we said, Markinen zero assists. Collins, zero assists. Um, Ochai Abaji doesn't get the ball in his hands enough to really assist the ball, but he still had one. And then, you know, it's really up to the guards to really set everything up for this team. And I, the Jazz need Hendricks to to get better, and so I don't know what's going to happen trade deadline-wise. There's just so many cooks in this kitchen for the Jazz. There's got to be some sort of consolidation trade. And in my opinion, I wonder if John Collins is that consolidation piece at some point. If the Jazz come trade deadline are completely out of the playoff picture, then I think you got to at least explore some things. Or maybe Olenek, but man, his passing is something that you really need. But if you're replacing John Collins, you're probably bringing in Hendricks to just get those reps come trade deadline. And that's if the Jazz are completely completely out of the playoff picture. The thing is, is the Utah Jazz schedule allegedly is going to get a lot easier. They have played so many good teams. This, this season and this schedule has been so front-loaded that I don't see the Jazz really... I mean, I just could see the Jazz going on a roll here at some point that they could really win a good amount of games at some point this year, uh, just because the schedule does lighten up. They're playing really good teams. The Suns are really good. If you didn't know, Kevin Durant is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and Devin Booker is looking like it too with how he plays. He's going to, I mean, he's an all-NBA caliber player. They're playing great teams, and it's tough to win great teams. And so for these last two games, and someone mentioned they were, C-Dog mentions he loves the effort. I do too. If there's one thing you should really enjoy about this team is they don't quit. They fight hard the entire game. And there are just some very clear flaws on this Jazz team. Taylor Horton Tucker and Colin Sexton, I'm not going to rag on them too much because they both played well tonight. They really did. Colin Sexton played well, at least at the end of the game, made that, that one shot. But they have very clear flaws. They just do. This Jazz team has some clear flaws, and some of them are kind of fatal. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker and Colin Sexton, we've learned, just do not have the playmaking chops to really carry the offense. They can score, and they'll have nights like tonight. Taylor Horton Tucker was actually awesome tonight. 25 points. He was a big part of why this Jazz team was in this. And Colin Sexton makes the the game-tying shot. I can't remember if it was uh, end of regulation or first overtime, but... Big time shot, and he made some big shots in the game. You know, he goes three for six from three. So they are nice players in a vacuum, but within the construct of this Jazz team, there is like only one playmaker, and it is Keontae George. It's why he's assisting the ball so much, because you have so many good shooters on this team. You know, Markin and Collins, Abaji on the corner is the best corner three point shooter in the NBA. Uh, you know, Jordan Clarkson will hit shots, but he can make some plays here and there. And then, you know, Colin Sexton as a spot-up, a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter is actually really good. But neither of these guys set each other up. Like, the second-best playmaker for the Jazz is Kelly Olynyk, And that's why this team struggles. And Kelly Olynyk, I love the guy, but the guy fouls too much. And that last foul was baloney. I mean, it was honestly a joke. These NBA refs are so bad, and we've talked about it already. But he also just fouls a lot. And I don't know if he's on some NBA referee blacklist or what. But he just has a crazy foul rate. Six fouls in 20 minutes. You know, the five fouls before were also earned, even though that last one was baloney. But it's pretty tough 
for this Jazz team when your first best playmaker is a rookie point guard, and it's legit. He is absolutely the best playmaker on this team. But then the second best is your backup center, you know, or power forward center combo, whatever you want to call Olenek. Uh, that's tough, you know. You need your backup guards to be a little better than that. And so if the Jazz can go trade, I mean, even if they just give Chris Dunn some minutes, if that's the luxury the Jazz have, is if they can make... And the guy I would be watching if I were you guys is Taylor Horton Tucker, basically because of contracts. Because the upcoming... The contract for, for Taylor Horton Tucker, this is the last year of it. It opens up next year he's gonna just fall off and i doubt danny ainge wants to lose him for nothing there are other teams that might be interested in horton tucker as a sixth man but we'll see or maybe just for nothing honestly i think the jazz would do it for nothing to just kind of consolidate things give more minutes to keontae george see dog thank you so much is that five dollars australian i'll take those australian dollar but i appreciate it my man thank you so much do you think DA will make a move? Danny Ainge will make a big move this season or just keep developing the squad and save his money? I think it really kind of depends on the the record come trade deadline. You know, right now, in fact, let's look at it. I don't know. I don't even use a space there. Uh, let's look at NBA team standings. Uh, right now, the Jazz are 12th. They're 4-9. and nine. So they are they are have a better record better record than Memphis, Portland, and San Antonio. I would assume Memphis potentially could beat out the Jazz once they get John Morant back, but he's suspended for 25 games. They don't have him for another what is it? 12 games? I mean, that's crazy. And they've just been not good. Uh so we'll see, but they're 12th in the West. What is group by I want to see overall. Um Let's go to Tankathon. Oh boy, I just invoked the name of Tankathon, but right now the Jazz are seventh in the lottery. <laughs> if you by tread deadline are seventh in the lottery, you've got to start making some moves. And the guys that I, you know, who knows? I mean, everyone can let me know if they agree or disagree. But I think the guys that you could possibly get a, some sort of return on would be Jordan Clarkson. You could possibly get a return on John Collins. I think that's amazing that they have likely kind of recouped his value. He's been awesome for the Jazz. But $2 for DWCB. It ain't DA's money, LOL, Ryan Smith. That's right. And that's an interesting point, uh, DW. Uh, J Jordan Clarkson is like um, Ryan Smith's favorite player. So I don't know if he's willing to... One thing that has to happen when you make a trade is NBA owners actually have to sign off it. Once the GMs make the trade, it gets sent to the owners and then it gets sent to the league. But both owners have to sign off on it. Like if they trade Jordan Clarkson, Ryan Smith has to say yes. Uh, you know, I'm sure Ryan Smith would likely do it if he also agrees it's the right move for the Jazz. But uh, anyways, I think my answer is if the Jazz are sitting in this area come trade deadline then it's time to open up minutes. And so that's why I think the big thing is like perhaps Jordan Clarkson so you can play Ochai Abaji more. I think you probably trade John Collins to give Taylor Hendricks time. And you're not going to win as many games because Hendricks is going to struggle. He's going to struggle. He's looked, um, he's shown flashes in the G League and lots of flashes. And he looks like the future at that power forward spot for the Jazz. But 
he's going to struggle. And you're okay with that as long as you get that top 10 pick. And then maybe Kelly Olynyk, and then obviously you would trade Taylor Norton Tucker and Colin Sexton for a grilled cheese sandwich if someone's willing to do it, you know, because there are times where it's just brutal. Uh, but the Jazz don't have any big. That's the thing too. Also, and I actually I think that I think Taylor Hort, Horton Tucker is as good as traded because I actually think that come trade deadline you want to give Bryce Sensabaugh some minutes. He's actually shown some nice things with the Stars, and if you can get him on the floor and give him some minutes, I think it's nice. Him passing the ball in the G League has been a really nice thing to see. He's shown some real potential there, which is nice because he was known as such a kind of a gunner in college. I mean, he scored a lot and he does have a good shot. But the question was, is he just kind of like a guy that takes the ball and doesn't pass it, which we've kind of seen with Colin Sexton and Dalen Orton Tucker. Uh, and so, although, how many is Sexton quietly gets a lot of assists here and there, although tonight too. So some credit, but anyways, at that point, you're just opening it up for your guys, and you do want to give Sensabaugh minutes. You want to give Hendricks minutes. But that's trade deadline, and that's if the Jazz have just a really terrible record. you know. And I think what's funny is I think Hendricks, in some ways, might make you pretty good. you know. If you have, like, let's just say you have 40, you know, 36 minutes of Ochai Baji on the perimeter, Taylor Hendricks and Walker Kessler as your bigs, I mean, the potential there defensively is pretty great, right? So I think that's interesting. And then if you have someone like Keontae George, what if Keontae George midway through the year takes a leap, like figures it out? Or maybe he gets tired and he just struggles for the rest of the year. Who knows? But what if he takes a leap and then you've got Hendricks shooting 40% from three and defends well. You've got Walker Kessler who catches everything and just it finishes efficiently at the rim. Lowry Markinen and, you know, Ochai Baji. There's a world where that's a pretty good team. There's also a world where they're not ready and they really struggle and you get a top 10 pick. Um, I personally, let's just sim the lottery for fun. Well, we lost, but <laughs> we're losing in a lot of ways tonight. But the guy I love is Alex Saar, and he's not really showing up on here. He's going to show up here soon, though, once they, this has been player rankings updated one day ago. Uh, they need to mention Alex Saar because the Jazz are scouting him. Is it, why is he not even on here? There's no Alex Saar on here. So they, come on, Dre, come on, Tankathon. Alex Saar is legit possibility at number one overall. So there you go. Anyways, that's, uh, I think that's pretty much everything we got tonight. I will say this too. I would like to see Taylor Hendricks get minutes over Simone Fontecchio. I, you know, I don't know if Simone Fontecchio is on the Jazz next year. Possibly. Uh, as end of the bench guy, but I would like to see Taylor Hendricks get some of those minutes. I think those are valuable. I know the Jazz are trying to win, and they probably trust Fontecchio a little bit more, but, you know, I think Hendricks, once you start getting a little bit of comfort with him, you got to get him on the floor. He's the number nine overall pick. You got to play him. You get someone at number nine, and you're a bad team, you got to play him. That's just how it is. Sorry, I, I, that's just kind of silly to not. You know, at some point you've got to start doing that. And so I think there are multiple trades coming for the Jazz. We'll see what they are. They could be wild. I mean, I don't think the Jazz are going to go crazy and do something like Larry Markinen. I just don't see it. I think Larry Markinen stays here long term. We've talked about it. He has family here. He bought a house. He's like a lead guy on the team. So he's going to earn multiple like all-star nods and things like that. He's going to make a lot of money. 
He's probably happy in the situation. I know he wants to win, and I know some beat reporters are out there kind of putting that out there. But I think if he feels like Keontae George is the future, if he feels like the Jazz can also get some other guys to build alongside him, then maybe he's happy. But we'll see. I think Larry Markinen is going to sign another long-term contract with the Jazz. I would be surprised if he doesn't. And if the Jazz get a sniff that he wants to go somewhere, then you can bet uh, Danny Ainge is going to make some sort of move. You know, so either way, it works out for Utah. But my guess is Markinen is going to be on the Jazz for a long time. I do want to see uh, Walker Kessler back, so I'm kind of curious uh, if we have an idea of when that'll be. I'll have to look at the dates when he went out, but he's been out close to that two weeks that they mentioned. So we shall shall see. I my guess is, you know, considering that he was playing on that hurt elbow where he hurt it against Demonis Sabonis earlier in the year, my guess is he comes back, but. You know, who knows? Maybe it's worse than we thought, and that's why he was struggling so much. Uh, anything else? I don't think so. Um, yeah, Bradley Beal did not play. Also, Yuta Watanabe didn't play. Uh, this Suns team's good. They're a good team. Eric Gordon's really good. He was 5 for 12 from 3. He was clutch. Kevin Durant obviously clutch as could be. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic took advantage of not having Kessler inside. You have Kessler in this game, the Jazz win if they have that chemistry. So uh, that's all I got tonight. But let's give a shout out to the All-Stars. Guys, thanks for being here tonight. And thanks for everyone who supports the channel, especially you members. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Um, I closed it out like a dummy. Let's see. Let's pull this over here. Let's get our music. Dang it. I screwed it up. But let's give a shout out to our All-Stars. All right. Tough loss, guys. The Jazz should have won that game for multiple reasons, and they didn't. I think that's a good sign that they're going to win a lot more games as the season goes on. We shall see. All right, let's give a shout-out to Ryan Perry, the legend. Ezekiel Ricebe, the man from down under. Jess, Jake, C. Can. Christian House, Money to Haas. See ya, Lexilator. Bill Ford, Tough, Alexander Tufts. Jorge Arrizaga, mi amigo de abajo. Jordan, the GOAT, best role. TGD, total game domination. Tyson Price, the price is right. Austin R. Grant, editor extraordinaire. DW to CB, Darren Williams to Carlos Boozer. Patrick Kubo, the connoisseur. And Robert Hall of Fame. Joshua Hansen, the Danish destroyer. Welcome back to All-Star, my man. Back on the docket. Everyone, welcome Joshua Hansen, Danish destroyer. He is back. Welcome back, Joshua. Guys, if you're a Jazz fan and you haven't subscribed to the show, what are you waiting for? Come back. Subscribe. And if you want to support the channel, join it. I would appreciate it. And go to... Uh, DWCB, Darren Williams to Carlos Boozer with the late sub, the late <laughs> donation. Thank you, my friend. Foul that like button before the refs wave it off. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, DWCB. And thank you, Joshua Hansen, for joining the All-Stars. I appreciate it. Everyone give Joshua Hansen, the Danish Destroyer, his props, man. All right, guys. I will talk to you next time. Make sure you like and subscribe. Go to Price Picks. Use promo code HoopsNerd.